This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 69 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Company, and Arena Saddles. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. In today's episode, we speak with Catherine Light, who trains horses in the adrenaline-pumping winter sport of ski-joring. We follow up with Leandra Cooper from New Vocations as we ask her how she likes to bring horses back into training after a break, and we wrap it all up by introducing our adoptable horse of the week. Our listener of the week is Castaway's Adventure. If you'd like to be our listener of the week, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Okay, I don't know what happened, but it's been beautiful weather here. It's like Oddly warm. It's record-breaking warm. It was 75 degrees today on December 1st here in Oklahoma. How about... How about well, we had like two inches of snow. It's stop cold it. and damp and dark. Aww. And um, I'm so glad I bought a heated vest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those are the greatest things ever. If you guys don't have a heated vest, ORO is the brand that Joy told me to get. And I got it. And they're the greatest things ever. And we're still waiting for our sponsorship money. <laughs> they never call. They never write back. <laughs> I think we've sold a hundred for them. Like, I know. And, I know. Like, it's free advertising, but it's worth it. I'll survive winter if you're in the cold like I am, but I don't mind it. I like the snow because here's the alternative. It's mud and ice. So you it should hard and nobody muddy. should live in Detroit. <laughs> no one yeah. should live in Michigan. Like the yeah. more that I'm here, I'm like, I feel like I'm John Snow. You're gonna never where leave. are you where are you from originally? I'm actually from South Haven, Michigan, which is hella worse in the winter because <laughs> you get the lake effects now. I remember being a kid and I wish I was exaggerating. We get so much snow because you were 10 minutes from the lake. It would like tower over my five foot body. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why are we here? We had like these giant paths and we're taking hay out to the horses and they... I mean, they get their cardio in the winter there because they were high stepping. They all look like saddlebreds trying to move around. <laughs> So I, I lived east of Cleveland in the Lake Effect snow area as well. And and it'd be like, okay, Cleveland, they got one inch of snow and we'd have like three feet. Just like, I, was, I basically felt like I was in a cult where you didn't like you had snow days forever and you just live with your horses because the barn is the warmest place. You just snuggle up with them. And like, this is where we die. And it's <laughs> <laughs> not how we die. This is where we die. And we're okay with that. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. good. Are you at least able to get out and ride your pony at all? I am. We have a, thank goodness for indoors. I need a high five whoever thought of that genius idea. So I actually had a lovely ride on her and we realized something, Jamie. She's afraid of small children. Oh, no. Well, specifically small children in winter coats with their hoods up. Oh, she well, does not understand. Looking. That is super sketch. I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah. So the way our indoors built, it's in the middle of the barn with the stalls and the aisleways. 
And so she'll see the small kids dash out by the gates. She can't see them over the rail line. It's a monster. And she just sees like these little marshmallow kids. And she's like, what is that? (laughs) So I've now been handing them treats to give my horse at the rail. So she becomes familiar with them. Oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Did she about when you are in a giant winter coat or anything? Honestly, no. It is me and my heated vest. And I wear a like a long sleeve technical shirt under it. I, I just have no soul anymore. Um, <laughs> it's been froze out of you. <laughs> How about you? How about you? Oh my gosh. I, I, it's just been lovely here, but you know, I think it's uh, the world is apologizing to me because last year we had a freeze like October 3rd. And then if you remember in the middle of the winter, like Texas froze, well, we were part of that. It was like the Arctic something, a blast. I don't know. It was ridiculous. It was like negative 20 here Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma and everybody died practically. (laughs) The fact that has not happened yet. I'm knocking on wood and I'm just enjoying every minute of it but again like if you're around me you know what i'm talking about if you're around joy you hate me so it's fine i know i'm like i'll just live vicariously through you i was like my our head trainer she goes to florida in the winter i was like so do you need an assistant that's yeah. what you said, right? You needed an assistant. I, I am going to be your groom. Ah, that's great. I'll be whatever you want me to be. It's fine. I'll be there. I bet the weather is lovely in Kentucky. And we are going to hear from our friends at Kentucky Performance. You like that segue? That was pretty good, right? That was a good segue. And Kentucky at Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissue. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Jamie, I'm so excited to introduce our next guest. Her name is Catherine Light. It's very German. I can't pronounce it right. She can correct me. She served in the U.S. Air Forces for nine years, making her a total badass before pursuing her dream of living in Montana, where she started her business, Wild Roan Performance Horses. And she's done some pretty cool things, including skioring, which she'll tell us all about. Welcome to the show, Kat. Hi, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So before we talk about how you are a badass, training a thoroughbred to do skioring, which to me is terrifying and exciting all in one, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in horses. Yeah, absolutely. When I was 
A little girl. I grew up in the thoroughbred industry. My mother bred and raised thoroughbreds back in Illinois. So we'd go up to Hawthorne Heights racetrack. So I saw some of the breeding programs, some of the life on the track. And I usually got the horses that didn't make it on the track as my mm-hmm. personal riding horses. And after that, I just started competing mostly in barrel racing and 4-H when I was a kiddo. Amazing. And so you don't see a lot. We are starting to see thoroughbreds kind of make a comeback in barrel racing. Were you kind of feeling like the odd kid out because quarter horses really dominate the sport? At that age, I think if you showed up and you had a horse that could put a time down, it was just acceptable and people didn't really ask. And quite frankly, the horses that we were using back then were a little bit smaller in stature for thoroughbreds. So I don't think people really noticed. Amazing. We love that. Everyone's welcome. So tell us a little bit about Wild Roan Performance Horses, because you started out in the Air Forces, which thank you so much for your service in that. How did you come up with knowing you wanted to go into horse training full time? And where did the name come from? So Wild Roan actually started when I got to Montana. I had been traveling off and on for years. I was in England where I was lucky enough to be able to ride some horses locally. And then I was stationed in Washington where I got to do sorting and penning and again, train and ride horses for people there. So when I got into Montana, I finally wanted to have my own line and start breeding my own stock. The first horse that I bought in Montana was actually an appendix quarter horse, but that was CBC Wild Look. So she's one of the mares that I competed with ski joring with the That's Not Fair OTTB mare that I picked up. So since she was like the foundation, the very beginning of Wild Roan and her name was CBC Wild Look, I decided to name the business Wild Roan Performance Horses. Amazing. I just think it's such a catchy name. When I was pulling up your bio and looking through, I was just like, oh, this girl knows how to brand stuff. That's amazing. (laughs) But I love that you're also a mare person too. Like, so in my heart, Jamie will disagree with me, (laughs) but I'm, (laughs) I just like horses. That's true. They're all great. They're all great. So you talked about, is it ski joring or ski oaring? Ski joring. Ski joring. Okay. Version. Yes, ma'am. Tell us a little bit about that because it looks intense. It is. We have taken it and we have put in our own Western twist on it. Originally, when it was in the Olympics back in the day, the team comprised of just the horse and the skier was directly behind the horse, navigating it through the course. The way we do it over here in the Pacific Northwest, we have obviously the horse, and the rider and the skier comprise the entire team. Amazing. And how is, I mean, I'm just thinking like going from Western, how did you get involved? Like what made you say, I'm going to ski with a horse? Like I'm just trying to survive like my horse's spooks at like the random things <laughs> that blow in the wind. And like, this is what you choose to do. <laughs> yes. It's funny enough. I mean, well, you can imagine Montana has really long winters. And your riding season is fairly short and you can pay to go use an arena all winter. You can just kind of grit it through and get out and ride in the cold temperatures. And I was actually at a ranch sorting event on that CBC Wild Look Mare. 
And of course, all the cowboys, um, they're like, well, we think she's fast. You should come out and ski your. And I was like, oh, I'm sure she's fast. And they eventually talked me into it. And I ended up going and doing a race up in, I think it was near Kalispell. And she did amazing. She ended up placing some sweet skiers, took me on for the first time. But it actually just started with a lot of competitiveness in the mm-hmm. ranch sorting pen and trying to show these old cowboys what we do. Amazing. Oh my gosh. That's so much fun. And also kind of a risk. I think I need a little bit of liquid courage to try it, but it seems so much fun. So to I have a question though. Are you the skier or the rider? Mm, good question. Yeah, it's a great question. I cannot ski or snowboard to save my life. I sold my <laughs> snowboard a long time ago. I was kind of a tragedy just trying to get off the lift and usually causing accidents for other people. So I have a handful of really good skiers. One of my girlfriends, Alina, she's here locally. She'll ski door with me and she'll travel the circuit. Cause I mean, if you can have a team and they know that horse and they know that horse was really hot out the gate and they need to hold on and they just, they know the entire dynamic and you're there to help each other out. It does. It does make a huge difference. So how, how does the scoring work? I'm sorry, Joy. How, how does, how, how do you win? Yes. Great question. So it's a timed event at the end of the day, but how it works is there's a track, there's different variations. Now there's either a straight track, a horseshoe track, which would be a U or like a J track. Safety is obviously the biggest thing. So those other tracks we have footing, levels that we have to meet to be able to hold the event. The uh, setup then with jumps on either side of where the horse runs. So the skier will be cutting back and forth to the left and the right behind the horse. And they'll have to go to the side of each gate and then also make the jump. And then in some states, they'll have ring set up. So the skier will have to go by and then grab the rings. And then in some states, they actually have a rider ring. So you're like, galloping full throttle, your gears cutting across back and forth, back and forth. And um, then they'll have like a ring where the rider has to reach over and grab it. And if you miss a gate or if you miss a ring, there's a penalty. And they have two different formats. They do open 3D now to help make it a little bit more competitive. And they also have open sport and novice, depending which division you're running in. So uh, are you guys, uh, are you just picking up random skiers and you're the rider or are, are you guys kind of a team? Preferably a team. I mean, there's times where you're traveling so far out of state and life happens and, and people just can't make it and you can't make that team every single weekend. But ideally, at least once a month or um, twice a month, you have that same skier rider horse combination and then i'll i'll rotate horses so the horses aren't running every weekend the horse will get a break and i'll get a down weekend and then i'll bring in a different horse do they have special shoes that they have to have for running on the snow it's probably a dumb yeah. question <laughs> yeah that's a, good no, question. a great question <laughs> i um actually started i was so confident that my wild look mare she's super sure-footed she was like nine and wild and I bought her and I was like oh she doesn't need shoes on a straight track with really good footing they really don't need shoes but the problem is I mean you're traveling you're unloading these horses and parking lots and mm. even though the track may be groomed to perfection those horses need to have some sort of traction just to keep themselves from getting hurt even in the different environments just getting to and from the actual track so you'll see a lot of people will run either poppers or I personally like the rim pad that just keeps snow from snowballing in the hoof. 
And then I personally, not that mares have personality or anything, but I personally have studs that can come in and out. So they're screw in studs and I can change the aggression on them. And I can also take them out if I'm going to like throw them out in the pasture for the weekend. I don't want them to have studs with their back hooves. I, I can screw those studs out of the shoe. That's awesome. And something I wouldn't have thought anything about. It's an excellent question, Jamie. I'm wondering, how do you train them for this? Because my horse, I think, would lose her mind if I just attached a random skier behind her and asked her to run full out. <laughs> yeah, all the horses are so different. Like judging whether or not they have a fear of something chasing them or making them nervous. I always start them out on the ground. You want to make sure your horse has a good stop, of course, because you're just doing a dead sprint and then you have to slow them down within like 20, 60 yards. But the actual towing, we hook them in in Pacific Northwest. You hook them in with a D-ring to the, the back of a saddle. There's a specific, specific setup that goes and runs from the front riggings all the way to the back. You hook them up with a D-ring. So that rope is like hooked onto you and that's part of you. So the last thing you want is a horse that's afraid of the rope. So usually I start there and I'll have them dragging rope around, get them desensitized to that. I mean, you don't want a horse if it's going to get a rope under its tail, it's going to start bucking and then you're hooked into it. So you really start them off with just the basics, the groundwork, making sure they're comfortable with the rope. One of my good girlfriends, Colleen up in Great Falls, the first time I started ski touring, she volunteered to get in a sled behind my horse because I didn't have skiers yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I what could possibly go around. wrong? It was a blast, but I mean, you just have to really get the horse comfortable with it on the ground. And then when you swing your leg up in the stirrup and you take off, they know they're okay. I will say the one thing I noticed that's different between different horses is when you are really full throttle down a track and that horse starts seeing something pop out of his left eye then his right Mm. eye that horse really wants to start watching what's going on behind it so early on at low speeds it's really important for them to get used to just catching those things and both of their eyes and being comfortable with it but after that it's smooth sailing amazing last question for you and then we can wrap up but who's the ideal horse for this is there a body type that you look for like we do it other disciplines or is it just kind of if you can run fast and you got a good brain you can do it i would say the mind is extremely important it's really easy for those horses to get hot in the starting gate just like they would get hot in a box or hot in the alley barrel racing so you want to make sure that they can keep themselves held together and then also we have tracks that are different lengths and sometimes our skiers aren't that little so having a horse that has a little bit more bone as a sprinter is an ideal thoroughbred or appendix to pick for it. But ultimately, yes, sprinter, a sprinter with a good mind. Awesome. So anyone who's interested in getting involved with ski drawing, what do you recommend how they find a local chapter or even just starting in their backyard with some YouTube? What do you recommend? I would recommend that they look at like what they want their final product to be. They can go to Ski Joring America or Ski Jor USA on Facebook or Instagram. And they hold all the different events in the Pacific Northwest. But if they want to learn the riggings of battle or like how we do the baby steps from like doing the groundwork to finally towing people around or just an empty sled around, it's really important to go and like watch people that, that know what they're doing. 
maybe you should like dally off the first couple times instead of hooking in with a hard D ring because you don't want to not be able to get out of that situation. So I would go, you can go to my Facebook or Instagram page. I post some of the stuff and then both of those key drawing Facebook pages, they'll post how to's and what the riggings would look like. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Catherine, for joining us today and sharing this with us. It's such a fascinating sport. It's one I'm hoping will get more attention, especially as many of us are going into the dark days of winter. It's nice to have something that maybe is outside the ring to try. Play in the snow with your ponies. I mean, come on. (laughs) You don't have to go full speed. Just do it safely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I will say, like, there are levels that are open for kiddos, for people that are novice, that are just wanting to get into it all the way up to the professionals. So it's definitely um, an environment for everybody. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Catherine. If anyone wants to find Catherine, she's on Facebook and Instagram at Wild Roan Performance Horses. Thanks, guys. Casual Company helps you enjoy the ride with their full line of trail bags and tush cushions. From cantle bags to horn bags and everything in between, comfort and convenience on the trail is what Casual does best. To stay up to date with the latest products and news, follow Casual Company on Facebook and Instagram. And to find their products, visit an authorized dealer or visit casualcompany.com. Support the Retired Racehorse Project's market-based approach to aftercare this season. Donations will be matched up to $25,000 by board president, Dr. Carolyn Carlson. You can also shop the RRP store, subscribe to Off-Track Thoroughbred Magazine. It's great. Or donate through PayPal, Amazon Smile when you do your holiday shopping. You can support the RRP now by heading to the RRP.org. Arena saddles are beautifully styled with meticulous attention to detail. Classically crafted from European leather, riders will appreciate the elegance and quality of arena saddles. Whether you're competing in dressage, jumping a course, or riding on the trail, there's a perfect arena saddle for you. The arena all-purpose saddle has been carefully developed with you and your horse's comfort in mind with a balanced all-purpose seat, giving you support to move with your horse in total harmony. With saddles for every discipline priced at just $15.99, there's an arena saddle that's perfect for you. To view the full range of arena saddles or find a retailer, visit arenasaddles.com. Hi, this is Roger McFarland, and on behalf of Greenflower Botanicals, we want to wish you a very blessed and happy Thanksgiving. You know, it's only been a few years back that the Horse Radio Network invited me to come and share with HRN listeners about how to use CBD to improve your horse's health. Since then, your response has been amazing, and many of you sent in testimonials on how you've used Greenflower's equine CBD for everything from calming arena anxiety, managing pain, improving joint and mobility issues, and a whole variety of common horse health-related conditions. So if you've yet to try out Greenflower, we invite you to try and see our equine CBD formulation for yourself. We offer a 30-day risk-free money-back guarantee, and Right now, you can go to greenflowerbotanicals.com and use code HRN to get 25% off your entire order. That's greenflowerbotanicals.com. Use code HRN for 25% off your entire order. And again, may you and your family have a very blessed and happy Thanksgiving. She needs no introduction. It's Leandra Cooper from New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. How's it going, sister? Well, hello. It's going great. How are you? Man, there's a lot of discounted horses at New Vocations right now. 
There sure are. Right now we have for the entire month of December, 50% off all adoption fees. So it's basically the biggest sale of the year. If you were going to describe adoption fees as something that can be on sale, which seems a little ridiculous, but we're really just mostly invested in making sure these horses can go to the right home for them. And that means that if we need to discount them to bring some holiday cheer and get them in the right home, that's what we do. I mean, it's like they're free, basically. I was just going to say that, Jamie. Like, tell your partners, <laughs> tell your parents. It's basically oh, a wow. Home. It it's is. Well, uh, we were going to talk to you a little bit. We're going to talk to you about Everyone Knows It's Cindy here in a minute, which is just, oh my God, what a chunk. And she's so cute. But before we get to that, we wanted to t- talk to you a little bit about kind of how you, because the horses that come to you, they go from the track to you incrementally bring them up to where they can go out in the field and they get their time off. And then you start to bring them back. Walk us through, you don't have to give us a half an hour explanation, but just walk us through kind of the steps that you guys go through. Well, I'm best at those half an hour explanations. That's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Carry on. Well, yeah, long story short, it is such at the foremost of my attention because we go through this so much and because I think it's something that people rush into. So I like to just like from the get-go, let's think about it from a human perspective. If you had some injuries and not to say that these guys all have injuries, but say you just were like out of shape, right? And then you decided you wanted to get back into shape. You wouldn't just jump into a half marathon. You would take the time to ease back into that so that you didn't injure yourself because if you jump back into something too quickly, we all know from a human perspective that you can really easily injure yourself and then make that injury. And, and that's so, usually what happens around July 7th, right? Is all those people yeah. are like, I'm going to hit it hard. And they're like, oh, I'm sore. This sucks. And they don't go. So obviously you can't do that to the horse. So right. go ahead. Horse is just a big athlete. Exactly. But the thing is, but it's a lot of this is sort of the human induced part of it. Cause we don't look out in the field and see horses kind of jogging circles to keep themselves fit. They just want to <laughs> no. eat grass. They let their bellies hang. So when we want them to get back into like human level readiness of work, that we have to also be able to control our urge to throw them into it. So we really like to emphasize that slow work. It's almost like a rehab ride routine. So a lot of, walking at first, which is some people easy to get bored, but just use the time to bond with your horse. You can work on things like breaks and helping them understand leg yielding or just pressure on your leg. All those little things you work on slow because it really doesn't make sense to move on to faster pace if you can't get it slow. And then you just gradually, very gradually, even more gradually than a lot of people think that slow increments and transitions are really important hacking them out in the field so that mentally they can get that break but then they're also getting different terrains all those fundamental things go toward building a much much better foundation and we've actually started to do more and more walk trot videos because our horses are getting adopted so quickly and sometimes they're just not ready to canter so we might show canter free lunging but we want to get people in the mindset of going slow with these guys because we all know that they can walk truck camera gallop we know that they've done it they they don't need to prove themselves what they don't know is like go stop and turn back up (laughs) like those are the things that might be lacking and you mentioned that some people they just want to like and you do see those really amazing trainers that are like Fourth ride, 
right off the track and it's like coming around jumping yeah. the courses and stuff and that might be great for that horse but it's not realistic for most horses and I had this guy bring a horse to me now I am no offense to my neighbors I am in Oklahoma and sometimes things really aren't quite done the most thorough way and this guy this guy calls me and he's like I got a horse it bucked me off to Jupiter I'm telling you man this thing bucks and it just got off the track and he's like I want to bring it to you train and so he brings the horse over and he was like you want me to bring my tack and I was like yes definitely <laughs> I would like to see your tack so he brings it over he's got this western head stall with like a six inch shank bit and a western saddle with a back cinch what does he do? Huh. Come to find out after a week, I'm like, this thing doesn't buck. I don't know what your problem is. Like, And then I meet him and he comes over. I'm like, okay, here we go. So turns out he got on the horse. He just threw all this tack on this horse. And remember that racehorses, their saddles are like postage stamps. So it's not like a big <laughs> Western saddle is normal. So he throws the Western saddle on, tightens up the back cinch, has his shank bit, and he gets on and he got booked off to Jupiter. He's like, I saw Jupiter. And I was like oh my god and so i do the whole thing i have the horse for like a week and he comes over and like we're gonna discuss this and he goes man next time i ain't gonna wear my spurs either i was like oh my god oh my god oh god and so that is why it is so important to do what you're discussing which is like walk them and teach them how to steer and to understand what legs are they don't have legs around them when they're racehorses their little riders are perched up on their backs Right. No, that's a really great point. Just like even fundamentally that transition of like what their job is going to look like and feel like, those are definitely like they know how to have a person on their back, but in much different terms. So yeah, I mean, to the same effect, like, yeah, they know how to go fast. They know how to be, have a person thrown on them while they're jigging out to the track. Sure. But the, all those things of going slow and steady, like, and being allowed to just go slow, those are things that they do need to have the time for because the just that association might just not be there. So going slow in this case really will get you across that finish line in a much, much better condition and generally faster because you're really building that strong foundation. But I mean, a lot of these guys, one of the biggest battles that you're like the arguments that the horses tend to pick with you when you have simple asks, right? It is like backing up things that you need to have any sort of real connection. But if you try to throw them into something too quickly, then they're not going to have it. You're going to have a weak foundation. Ultimately, you're going to be worse off. You should plan for at least six months to a year of working with this horse before you even know what you're really going to have. I mean, truly. But you can have progress along the way. You can be riding along the way. But really don't judge these horses for what they are going to be able to do until at least a year out, I would say. Yeah, I mean, and too, so much of their body changes and the things. You you think of it, you'd say a year. Oh, my gosh. If you were starting a baby horse, it would take longer than that. You're And you're basically just you're starting a baby horse. Yes, they yeah. you can go a lot faster because they've had somebody on their back and they're not scared of humans, but that's pretty much it. They don't really have a whole lot of education. So your job is to give them that foundation that they need. The backing up thing, long lines. I back everything up yeah. in long lines first. I mean, why wouldn't I? Like, I don't need to be up there pulling back on them. <laughs> Flip over, right. you know, you yeah, like, got breaks. 
Right. Yeah. Where? Yeah. And exactly. Andrew, to, to jump in real quick too, what should someone expect for a training session time length when they're coming? Ooh, back? good question. That is a great question. I like to say, reach for the low hanging fruit. <laughs> it's going to be different. But I would say, don't go for anything like as a very general rule of thumb, even from like a training perspective, that you would say, like, two year olds, don't push it more than 20 minutes, three year olds, 30 minutes, four year olds, 40 minutes. Like, if you wanted a real generalized sense, but I try to aim for it, especially at the beginning while you're sort of just starting them out and everything. 15, 20 minutes, make it easy. And if you can make it nice and easy, like if you can just have a relaxing 15, 20 minutes, you can build on that. But if you're going to have a 30 minute meltdown, you're really taking steps backwards from there and you're going to be fighting an uphill battle ultimately. And there's no reason to push them into these long sessions. You can work up to that, but really make sure that you can have a nice 15, 20 minutes of just relaxation. Yeah, you say that. I'm sorry to jump in, but I feel like when these horses are on the track, they are walked around the barn, somebody gets on, they ride for a long time, they come back, it's all about fitness. And so their ride might be half half an hour. So every time what I do is I try to keep it to like 20 minutes the first several times because you need to prove to them that their world has changed. It's not get out there and run around. It's not get out there and we're going to exhaust ourselves. It is literally your world has changed. You're on another planet. Right. And focus on allowing them to be relaxed. Like that's going to be your goal. It's not like we're going to accomplish this and this. Have a relaxed ride and allow them to start opening their mind up to the fact that this is going to be fun for them. Like the more that you can like shower them in praise when they relax or just talk to them, get them used to it. You, your only job at this point is to sort of subconsciously at first even get getting them fit. So like when you're walking around and all that, you're not like consciously actively, you'll be working on fitness, but it's not like, oh, we're in training mode right now. But your job at the very beginning in laying that good foundation is to make sure that they can be relaxed and enjoy their job. And that is 100% your job because it can go either way for them, right? Like they can either be like, oh, this new job, it stinks. Or (laughs) they can be like, hey, this is kind of nice. And that you are going to make that difference. 100% you are going to make that difference. So the mentality of you as a rider is so important. So even though it may be boring for you, even though it's not as exciting as like jumping around a course, like this is your most important job right now. And I promise you, it will change the trajectory of all of your training for for the rest of your time with them. I mean, you can't say anything better than that. Now, (laughs) that was awesome. Before we let you go, tell us about Every knot knows it. Zit, zit, zit. <laughs> it's a weird spelling. <laughs> it's just a cluster of letters. Everyone knows it's Cindy. We just call her Cindy. It's a lot easier that way. So she's a little bit older than a lot of our citizens at the bar, and she's six years old. And she is exactly like you said at the very beginning. She's a big chunk. That is exactly the word that I would use for her, too. She's beautiful, dark day mare with a real, like, compact, sort of workhorse build. She's got the really big hind end, big shoulder and just sort of muscly, thick build. And man, she takes up leg under saddle. Like she's exactly what you would think. She's that wide, really sort of like riding a couch when you're on her. But you can ask for a nicer horse on the ground either. I mean, she is that rare horse who just stands quietly and happily in the cross ties, loves to be groomed, loves 
to be loved on. She just could go in so many different directions. And really, the worst that she has is some arthritis in her joints. So she's got some in her knee and some she's had some previously in her ankles, but she's really happy in a low-level career. And I think that she's that very diamond-in-the-rough type horse who, with the right people, is going to flourish and be like a, a lifetime horse. Like you could see her toting around kids in the future. She just has that perfectly mellow personality. <laughs> And she's nice to look at, too, so that doesn't hurt. She, I mean, she's almost jet black. And what's really great is I'm watching her trot, and she is trotting and trotting and trotting, and she's actually not getting anywhere. So that's a perfect kid's <laughs> horse. <laughs> okay, well, everyone knows it's CindyHorseAdoption.com. You can find her in new vocations. Snap her up oh, quick because Jamie. they are going fast. What? She's only $500. We forgot to mention. Oh, my God. She's free. The she's basically of free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, check her out. Check out all the other horses. And we are trying to add them as to the website as quickly as we possibly can to make sure as many horses can go home for the holidays as is possible. And people are actively looking and actively adopting them. So definitely make sure that you're checking our website at horseadoption.com. There are so many that we're trying to put online. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, there's a can, they, can they apply early on if they don't have a horse yet to get approved? Actually, that is preferable. So when you apply to be an adopter, you really just applying to get yourself approved to open that door so that when the right horse comes along, you can act right away. If you wait until you find the horse that you're in love with to apply, especially at this time of year, then there's a really good chance that they might be adopted by the time your application is processed. One, because we have so many applications coming in right now. And two, just because a lot of it relies on references getting back to us and things that we can't control. So it could just take a couple of days and horses get adopted that quickly. So definitely... Definitely, if you're even thinking about it, if you're entertaining the idea, the application fee is $15. It's valid for two years, so you might as well just make sure you're an approved adopter. You don't have to have a specific horse in mind, and you'll be able to look at all these guys knowing that you could move forward quickly when you find the right one. Amazing. Wow. Thanks so awesome. much. Fantastic. Thanks, Leander. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Talk to you next time. You can find the show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. And you can find me on a Facebook page called Fly Over Farm. Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. And my email is jamie at horseradionetwork.com. You can email me at joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at the foodie equestrian. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Arena Saddles, Cashel Company, and Greenflower. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, all. <laughs> 